said Redskins to start it off? Yes. So yeah. start for start start from over because we don't need to. It's gonna save you. It's gonna save you editing yes. editing issues later on. All right. I hope Let's all of this gets recorded. Okay. Right, right, we mean no right, offense right. when we say the R word. I'm serious. We mean no oh, offense when we say the R word. It is ingrained with us. But that so is important. Yeah, that no, is no, important. No. The fact that we're going back and redoing this out of respect, I think, is very important. That's important. That's important. Okay. Let's go. It is important. It is important. Let's go. Bloopers. Washington. <laughs> bloopers. Bloopers. I'll take them Washington bloopers. football team. Washington. Washington football team. Football team. Football, football team. Football team. Can we just say WFT? I ain't saying that. If that doesn't sound more natural, then Washington football team. Washington football team. Let's just Washington football team. Washington, Washington, Washington. D.C. That's easy. That's easy for me. That's good. DC. I'm good at taking four syllable words and putting them into like literally one syllable. <laughs> Watch a football team. Like I can like I just scream this. Alright, yeah. let's go. Intro. I said, God, give me a warning. Please take me for the morning. So I leave more disappointments than I ever will appointments. Give a fuck about your feelings. Rub it in. This your ointment can depend on the oink. Go find your pick in the blanket. Find this this is the First and 15 podcast, the only podcast that's trying to get you paid. I'm here with AB, the two-time FFPC Football Guys champion the from here. 2019 and 2020. Dude, back dude. to back. The champ is here. I don't even know if that's ever been done before, but we got AB. Be here. We also got Dio the Machine, yes, our di- our dynasty guru, who's here, who has <laughs> countless. When I say countless, I mean countless league champions. Yeah, man. Yeah, so man. I want to start off by talking about the news of the week. Antonio Gibson. What does the turf toe mean? How do y'all um, affect, or how do you guys think about his ADP and the new information that comes out? Uh. So I think this is, you know, to answer your question, I think we can kind of think of this very broadly. How do we, you know, how do we take in news and how does it impact our drafting and, and our analysis of certain players? So for this specific situation, to me, the news does not really adjust his ADP or my personal rankings of Antonio Gibson really all that much, to be honest. As we've talked about in previous podcasts, I try to avoid sort of kind of having rankings from, you know, one to 12 and more so try to focus on having players in certain tiers because every player sort of kind of has a range of outcomes and we can really group a lot of players in the same tier. And I think that saves us from having to reach for certain players and being a little bit more comfortable and flexible in our drafting. Right. So in this particular situation, you know, with regards to the turf toe. This injury happened late last season, right. but he was able to come back. He was somewhat effective. He saw somewhat of a, semi- a, a, a significant workload. And I don't think watching any of those games, we really felt like his turf toe was hindering him in any way. Right. Going into the offseason, going into OTAs, I don't think anyone was thinking of Antonio Gibson's turf toe until this news dropped. And really, what did the news say? He was having a little bit of discomfort. Right. It was lingering a little bit. A lingering a little bit. Right. So I think it's something that we have to consider and take into account, but I don't think it's anything that for me personally is really going to address his ADP. Maybe I take him from, you know, being, you know, in a situation where I would normally take, you know, maybe a Najee Harris or an Austin Eckler above him. Or maybe take him above those two players. And maybe I move him below those two players. But again, right. I'm keeping him in the same tier. So if I see 
Antonio Gibson in the second round, chances are I'm likely going to draft him every single chance I get if he is the last player in that tier. And sometimes even if he's in the mid middle of that tier. Right, but, right. but, but, so Dayo, I want to get to you for a second. How exactly are you addressing Antonio Gibson in this recent news? Um, so I kind of, I kind of try to put everything in context when it comes to the Gibson situation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we can look back and see when this injury occurred last year. I want to say week 12 or week 13. And we were kind of talking about this earlier. Um, but he missed like about three games, right? Um, and then he came back. He came back. I know specifically for week 16 because I know he came back for fantasy championship week. And obviously he played week 17 and he played in the playoffs. Um, but at that time, you have to keep in mind that the, the Washington football team, they were still fighting for a playoff spot. You know, their season wasn't quite over yet. So they every game was important at that time. And they were trying to win as many games as possible to try to, you know, sneak into the playoffs how way, um, way it would occur. Um, so when, when Gibson had that turf injury, I remember at that time, every week prior to that, they were like saying he might come back, might come back, and then he was out. And then when he did eventually come back week 16, I know you said he had a, a large workload. It was actually more like 10 carries. I want to say maybe like four catches. Um, so he got about 15, 11 to 15 touches. He did okay. I want to say anywhere between like 55 and 80 yards, which is okay. And then the next week he got a little bit more carries, maybe about 16, 17. Um, I don't really recall what he got in the playoff. Um, but it makes me wonder with this news if he or if they weren't in the playoff hunt, would they have even brought him back? Hmm. You know, And we don't know that. And obviously they didn't use him the way they were using him prior to his injury. I mean, obviously him just coming back, they weren't just going to give him the full workload. But was that more of them easing him back or was that more of them saying, we know he's not truly healthy. Let's not hurt our young rookie running back that we have a future in. So who's to say? Um, One thing I will say is I've heard that they were considering having surgery for his toe that he kind of declined. So that kind of makes me wonder a little bit, uh, is this something that something that probably does need surgery and he just kind of was kind of avoiding for whatever reason? Or is it something they feel like he can kind of get through without surgery? Who's to say? I will say, though, a couple days ago on Twitter, I did see clips of him going through practice. And the clips I saw, he was looking fine. He was the first running back in drills. Um, He was doing high steps, going over the pads or whatever. It didn't look hurt. At the time, I didn't even know he had an injury that he was still dealing with. So the news today or yesterday, whenever it came out, was a little bit surprising to me. Um, But I don't know if I really am concerned with them. I think you brought up a good point. It's OTAs. This is early June. He's out there in OTAs. Right. The fact that they have him, you know, doing drills in OTAs means that they probably aren't all that concerned. Correct. So maybe it's something that we want to consider. But again, let's not move him out of completely, you know, move him, move him out of a tier completely. Let's maybe, you know, keep it in the back of our minds. But honestly, really, I'm not adjusting my ADP and, all that And much. also keep in mind, again, it's all context based. Just two or three days ago, there was news all over the Internet that the Washington football team was going to give him an even bigger workload. Correct. They felt like he Correct. was now more prepared. He had a year to kind of get used Correct. to the running back position. Remember, at Memphis in college, he was a wide receiver. Yeah. I don't mm. even think he had up to 70 carries in college. Yeah. So him going into the NFL and becoming the full-time running back was like one of the first times he actually had to carry yeah. a load like that. Um, so, you know, now that he's in the NFL, they said, okay, now he's gotten used to the running back position. Let's give him a full workload. Yeah. His ADP actually was going to go up a little bit. Now the news he has this injury, yeah. you would think his ADP now is yeah. going to come down. So it might actually end up being a zero-sum yeah. game to some extent. Yeah. And news like this is tough to fight. 
uh, in the fantasy community uh, in early June where we are just starved for news. Right. Any little bit of news that comes Anything. out, we're going to want to adjust ADPs. But I think we all need to sort of kind of just practice a little bit of, you know. You, you know what this time patience. period is, the news, what I yeah. call it. We need to practice a little bit of patience. All the news that comes <laughs> out this time bit. is, to me, Relax. considered just yeah. fluff. It's exactly. literally just people trying to get some kind of article out there that people will read yeah. and take. And, you know, everybody's hungry for football. Yeah. See, but here's the thing, though. Whenever I see news like that about one player, I tend to think about that news as it reflects on that player, but I also think about the players around him. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Fitzpatrick and let's talk about T Mac. How does this news affect the other players around Gibson? Okay, so we've had some. See, wait, had, wait, we, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 hold on, hold on. We've had some intense discussions <laughs> right. regarding and, and, Fitzpatrick specifically, of all players. But I feel disrespected to some extent because he didn't mention my guy. He didn't Ooh. mention Curtis Samuel. <laughs> you got to mention Curtis Samuel. So okay. Fitzpatrick. Do you want to go first T-Mac, or should I go first? You can go, but we got to say Samuel okay. in the tier. But go ahead. I feel like I'm at a disadvantage whoa, 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 for going whoa, whoa, first. Whoa, whoa. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. We all agree that T-Mac is the number one receiver on that team, right? We agree. Okay. Whether or not he agrees, we, we're about to find that out. Okay. He, he <laughs> okay. is the number one. Okay. But he has he isn't the number one by far the way everybody thinks he is in okay. my mind. Okay. That's so you want to go first or should I go first? You can go. You can go. Okay. So number one, QB upgrade. Do you argue against that point? He has a you better quarterback compared to last year. Yes. QB upgrade, significant. Okay. Uh, number two, second year in this offensive scheme. Okay. Correct. I think we, I think we more sort of kind of think about that, you know, with regards to QBs, but I think it's important with all skill positions. Right. Okay. Right. I see Curtis Samuel as sort of kind of an addition and something that I think takes the defensive attention or at least some of the defensive attention away from Terry McLaurin. Of course. Okay. Of course. Uh, There's a reason for that too, though. But yeah, of course. Yeah. So for me, when I take into account the fact that he's had a QB upgrade, second year in this offensive system, they, you know, they add, you know, not necessarily a true, you know, you know, opposing uh, number two wide receiver, but someone who's very skilled, at least in my opinion, uh, someone who defenses have to consider. I think to me, this sets up for a breakout Terry McLaurin year. And I don't think we really got that true breakout last year. I think also a lot of people have a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth because he was injured through portions of last year. He had mm-hmm. a high ankle sprain. Okay, right. and there are varying degree, varying degrees of high ankle sprain. We saw with Michael Thomas, you know, he had to miss a significant amount of games where Terry McLaurin was able to play through it. But I think any player who plays through a high ankle sprain, they're going to be limited, right? Especially a receiver, of course. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think you know, healthy Terry McLaurin, second year in the offense, QB upgrade, adding Curtis Samuel. I think you know whether whether or not he should be going any earlier, and I'm not quite sure, but I think his ADP in the mid to late. Third round of the FFPC, a tight end premium league, I think is more than warranted. Yeah. I mean, okay. So, and we talked about this earlier as well. Yeah. Last year, um, during the fantasy drafts, I was actually very high on Terry McLaurin. You were. Um, you were. We actually had a debate. He was high on Shark at the time. I was high on Terry McLaurin. You didn't have to, you didn't have to bring all that up, but <laughs> yes. Okay. But, but, you, you won that debate. The reason I was high on him at that time because I felt like the Washington football team had no other options. You know, it was literally 
throw mm-hmm. it to T Mac or do nothing. Correct. Like they had no running back. They had no other receivers. They had they didn't even have a tight end. Yeah. You know? Um they didn't even have a quarterback. You yeah. know, so they yeah. had nothing. So and literally this, was our th- this was our thinking at the beginning of the twenty twenty season. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um so, you know, at that point for me I felt like I mean, they're a football team. They're going to play offense. Everything was going to have to run through Terry McLaurin. Like, he was going to get extreme amount of volume. We saw he was talented the year before in 2019. So, he knew with a great amount of volume, he was going to be successful to some extent. And he was. Now, the injury kind of sapped a little bit of his production away midseason. But still, he had a pretty good season last year. But remember, last year he was drafted in the fifth. This year now we're seeing him being drafted in the late third. Correct. Which is a, it's a fairly big jump, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you consider the receivers around there. Um, but again, my reasoning for not being as high on him as I was last year is because they've added so much more compared to what they had at this time last yeah. year. They have now a a running back that we just talked about, which is pretty pretty good, yep. you know, pretty pretty yep. um, um, solid as far as production. They have a tight end that was literally unknown at this time last year. Correct. I mean, people knew him, but they didn't know him as being somebody that was a good tight end. No one knew him. And now, I didn't know him, yeah, I didn't know him until you know late in draft season. Right, so. right. And now yeah. he's being drafted as a top ten tight end, if maybe even top seven or top. Eight. Credit to you though, Logan right, right. Thomas. Uh, but, right? right, you were high on Logan we, we Thomas. Saw, yeah, we saw that. But, but, but prior one. to that, it was literally nothing. It was a wasteland in that in that position room. Um, and then they had it, my boy Curtis Samuel. I'm very high on Curtis Samuel now. Let's talk about Curtis Samuel for one second. Curtis Samuel was initially drafted by the Panthers, I want to say, four years ago. Okay? Who was the Panthers coach at that time? Ron it was Rivera. Ron Rivera, who was the current coach of the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. Um, in college, he went to Ohio State. He was actually a underclassman that declared for the draft. Um, he was playing ahead of Terry McLaurin at the time. So, talent-wise, the people at Ohio State and the NFL evaluators saw – um, Curtis Samuel as the better prospect. Um, Terry McLaurin actually ended up going to the NFL draft the next year as a senior, you know, so he was an older prospect. I actually think Terry McLaurin is older than Curtis Samuel. Mm. Um, and then Curtis Samuel had a second round draft capital while Terry McLaurin was fourth or fifth, I, I, I forget, but he was a later round draft uh, prospect. Um, so just looking at those prospects on a, on a, on a, just a, a, a normal playing field, Curtis Samuel actually is the higher pedigree, you know? Um, now, again, the coach that drafted him was Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is now the head coach of the Washington football team. What was the, one of the number one or first signings they had this season in the offseason? Was Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. What contract did they give Curtis Samuel? And remember, you know I'm a big contract guy. Right? I live in everybody's contract. Yeah. So what kind of contract did they give Curtis Samuel? <laughs> they gave they, him a three-year. They paid the man. Three-year, $34 million or somewhere, 30-something million yes. dollar contract, which yeah. is like $11 million per, yeah. $23 million guaranteed. That's not a contract you just kind of just sneeze at. Yeah. That's significant. Now, I'm not saying Curtis Samuel is the better receiver than T-Mac, even though I might yeah. be. But I'm not just going to just blatantly say that. Yeah. What I am going to say is for people to have Terry McLaurin this high as a late third-round pick and Curtis Samuel this low as a seventh-round pick, I think that's ridiculous. I think he's even going later than the seventh round. So I think he's going issue, way later than yeah. the seventh round. So yeah. your issue is the gap between the ADP. By far. Okay. By far. I feel like the, yeah. the Washington football team sees those two yeah. receivers – as literally 1A and yeah. 1B. And you can even say T-Mac yeah. is 1A. Yeah. But 1B shouldn't okay. be going as far down. So, 
I don't necessarily know that I need to drop Terry McLaurin, but I may, I may need to start considering Curtis Samuel a little bit earlier. Well, well, if you if you're going to say Curtis Samuel needs to go up, then you kind of have to. I don't necessarily agree because again, we had a we'll get to Fitzpatrick in a minute, but we have a I believe a significant upgrade as far as Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those targets that went to the running backs, remember, J.D. McKissick getting over, and, and the running backs getting over 150-plus targets or whatever it was. Right. I, I, don't, I don't see him as sort of kind of that check-down quarterback. So I think Fitzpatrick is someone who's really going to challenge DBs, throw a lot of 50-50 balls, and really sort of kind of extend the field, extend drives, put them in scoring position. You know, I think we see T-Max, TD, receptions and yardage all increased this year with Fitzpatrick. This is the last thing I'm going to leave you with uh, regarding Terry McLaurin. For those of you who are drafting in the FFPC, okay, we all know the significant uh, or, the, or when, we're, when we're looking at the schedule, when we're looking at, you know, when we want our fantasy players to really excel, that is week 15, 16, and 17, championship week. Guess who he is playing? And we've had discussions regarding <laughs> yeah. strength of schedule. Well, yeah. Okay, so for everyone who says, I hate it, but he's making a good schedule. point right here. Okay. He's making a good point. Guess who they're playing? Let, let, me, let me take a quick look at my chart. Okay, let me just make sure I get this correct from the audience <laughs> real quick. He is playing Philadelphia, mm-hmm. then Dallas, mm-hmm. then Philadelphia again. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, yes, these teams those may have playoff, improved. Those are three playoff te- uh, yeah. weeks. Yeah, and okay. granted, they're divisional rivals, et cetera, et cetera, but... So wait, so wait, so wait. Dallas so, and Philly. So that's Darius Slay. Who's the number one Not necessarily. Not necessarily. And what, what did he do against Darius Slay last oh, year? Oh, he smashed him last okay, year. Okay, thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just saying. Thank you. He's, he's, he's going to see Darius Slay. Then he's going to see. Okay. I don't even know who the And look, I don't Cowboys want to discredit Philadelphia. You know, they got, you know, you know uh, head coaching and, and defensive and offensive coordinator turnover. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they're improved. Okay. Uh, but. So, so you are valuing T Mac higher because he's going to be playing bad defenses in playoff weeks. In theoretically FFPC. bad defenses, theoretically bad yeah. defenses. Me personally, yes, him. Theoretically bad defenses in in a yeah. and, and I say FFPC that just format, to or, at least, or at least average to below average. And, and just to interject one second. I only say mm-hmm. that because right now we believe they're going to be bad, but we've seen every season teams that are considered bad defense wise. During the season, they end up being good. Like, like Washington, perfect example. This time last year, nobody not thought. Me though. Don't include me in that. Yeah, okay, season. most yeah. people thought okay. or didn't think they were going to be a significant yeah. defense. By the end of the season, they were one of the greatest defenses in the league. So, I don't want to digress, but but Washington did focus on defense in that prior draft. They did. So yes. they did focus on it. We can't say Thank the same about you. the Cowboys. But you can. Their whole draft for defensive players. Yeah, um, but still, it's a very young unit. It is young. It is young. And it's a lot of players who have not really played together. I mean, there's a lot that kind of goes into a defense in terms of really kind of I even gelling. think they lost a DB, too, to yeah, free agency. So, so, I mean, it's to be determined. Yeah. It's just that they'll have a pass rush. You know, we don't you know. know we don't linebacker know upgrade. But as far as, you know, the defensive backfield, it's not... I guess when I'm looking at strength of schedule, when I'm looking at, you know, okay, you know, I'm excited that my receiver is playing that defense. All I care is that it is either average or below average. Gotcha. Okay. Right. I just want to make sure that it is not, you know, towards that top tier of defenses. That's right. really all that I care about. And yes, looking, you know, months ahead, you know, you got to take that with somewhat a grain of a salt. Right. But look, right. what do I we do? You. We look for every little. No, I agree. Of advantage I agree. that we can take, but but with that being said, yeah, that's, that's also good news for Curtis Samuel. 
Okay. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's, uh, my boy That's C uh, C Sam. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. see, but here's the thing though. You've uh, you've accounted for bad to average defenses. How do you guys think about defenses when you are making your I guess when you're considering ADP and the skill position players. Okay, maybe we should talk about Dak here because we've well, had well, some well, uh, internal discussions about Dak. We can we can we can focus on Dak, but in reality, this question encases several quarterbacks from last year. Dak, uh, and we're going to touch on that in a second. But the same scenario occurred with with the Falcons, mm-hmm. who had a horrible defense mm-hmm. for a time period. Matt Ryan was 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 the person that kind of. Um, you know, that assisted him. And then Deshaun Watson. And I'm a Texans fan. But I know our defense was horrible. We are, te- we are defense, Texans fans. The worst defense in I've ever seen in my life. But because that defense was so bad, it allowed Deshaun Watson's numbers to, to some extent, be inflated. Because it was always a game of him constantly trying to come back. Yeah. So, uh, so, again, we can talk about that. Because yeah. we talked about it in our group chat the other Trash day. Trash time. Garbage time. Yeah. Fourth quarter. Whatever you want to call it. Uh, if your team has a bad defense and you're playing from behind, not in all cases, but the far majority of cases, you're loving that situation. Yeah, for, for fantasy. For fantasy. Yeah, because for fantasy. points are points, right? Points are points. I, right. don't care, I don't care if you score 90% of your points in the fourth quarter. You know, uh, what we saw last year with the Cowboys was an atrocious defense. Mm-hmm. And I think their defensive players will tell you that. And it's not... If you kind of went individually, maybe not the defensive backs, but... All you know, the remainder of their team, they had good players, but it was a new coaching staff. It was just players that just seemed that they were just kind of thrown together. They didn't seem like they cared out there, man. I mean, I'm, really I'm not going to get into like that aspect, out of there. but you know, regardless, they were a bad defense. Yeah, and so Dak was in the perfect situation. He's an above-average quarterback, and he's only improving in my. And he had you know an offensive coordinator that you know, as far as sort of kind of you know. You know, how quickly they ran plays was at the top of the league, if not the top of the league. The offensive weapons were off the chart between mm-hmm. Gallup, Cooper, and then the new addition of CeeDee Lamb, and even their tight ends. Jarwin. Mm-hmm. Jarwin and Schultz. I mean, you know, and then add in, you know, Zeke and Pollard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they were just set up. Right. Uh, and at the time, their offensive line was somewhat intact. So he had, a you know, a decent offensive line. So him having to sort of kind of fight back, I mean, it was just – Fantasy points on top of fantasy points on top of fantasy points. So, for me, yes, I I value players who play on bad defenses because somehow, some way, you know, that opposing defense in the fourth quarter, they're going to prevent. So, you're going to get a lot of garbage time, mm-hmm. you know. From an NFL standpoint, it's worthless. A, a From a fantasy standpoint, stats, it's gold. Mm-hmm. Right. And, Dayo, I've heard you talk about negative game strip, ne- negative gains game scripts and positive game scripts what exactly does that mean and do you agree with abby and that well we were we were talking about that and that again that was in our group chat the other day but we were basically saying Dak had such a great season to start last year Mm -hmm. um and Dak, i think we're going into his sixth season maybe Mm -hmm. um so we saw four seasons of him being great i mean solid good but not quite to the level that he was showing in those first five games. Mm-hmm. So it had me wondering, going forward, should we expect 2020 Dak? Yeah. Or should we expect 2019 to 2015 Dak? And I'm kind of leaning towards the latter. 
Yeah. And, and the reason being, again, we talk about how bad their defense was last year. Yeah. Historic. Let me not say historically. Everybody just uses that term. Yeah. From my eyes, it was, it was historic. Like, <laughs> like what the heck is going on? You yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was very bad. And again, Dak was constantly coming back. Now, Dak had I want to say three or four games where he was throwing like almost five hundred yards. The reason he was throwing all of those yards because he was playing against teams that his defense was allowing the other team to score at will, and he was constantly trying to come back, getting those garbage points. You know, uh, I want to say the teams were Seattle, the Falcons. Um, I don't even remember the, the third or fourth team, but he was getting like 490 to 500 yards a game. Yeah. If those games weren't played out the way they were played out, I don't think Dak would have performed Anywhere close to that. Because the first game of the season, I want to say he threw maybe about 200 or 300 yards. Um, and I think that game was pretty close. I think they yeah. still lost, but it was still pretty close. So I think that's actually the deck that we were going to actually see majority of the season if their defense was, was respectable, yeah. respectable to some extent. Now, fast forward to now, Dallas has literally revamped their defense. I'm not saying they're Correct. better. I'm not saying they're good. They gotta be. They better. just they just changed the they, whole defense. Better. Can't they're be better. worse. I, I want to say their whole draft class was defensive players, kind of like what the With Panthers the did. Of one maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, semi from Stanford yeah. receiver. Yeah. Davis Mills, uh, yeah, receiver. But other than that, every one of their draft picks was defensive players. Their first pick was Micah Parsons, Parsons who yeah. some people consider the top linebacker yep. in the yep. draft. Yep. Took a corner um, with the second round. Corner, pick. yeah. yeah uh, Diggs, I think Trevor yeah. Diggs in the yeah. second round. Um, so they basically were kind of went into the draft saying we need to improve this. Yeah. Um, I want to say they might have picked up a free agent or two. I don't know. I know they're looking at Malik yeah. Hooker, who's a safety from the Colts, yeah. who's a great player. Yeah. Injuries kind of sapped him. Yeah. But if that defense is better then I don't see a situation where Dak is trying to come back as much as he was last okay. year. I hear you. I hear you. 100% I hear you. Dallas's defense will be better. Will they be at the lead? I doubt it. Okay? Will they be significantly above average? That's kind of a hedge, significantly above average. I doubt it. At best, I see them as average. Okay? Okay. You're still talking about very young corners and DBs. Okay, maybe improved linebacker group. Should have a significant pass rush. But for the most part, we're not expecting them to be a shutdown defense. Right. So when I look at that, okay, number one, like we talked about, okay, we don't dislike players. We dislike ADPs. Right. And that's like the most of the fantasy community. That's a very well-coined phrase, and I think most of us ascribe to that. So where I see Dak going right now in FFPC, tight end premium league, is at points in the sixth round. Okay. Right. Sometimes, okay. Now I remember maybe, what got yeah. us on this now. Yeah. yeah so maybe okay. sometimes okay. late in the fifth. So I think this, yeah. you know, for us to kind of get some context to this discussion, we were talking about Dak, you know, kind of being at the bottom of that, you know, upper tier. That, you know? The, the bottom of that second yeah. tier. Yeah. And we'll, you know, later podcasts, we'll get into sort of kind of how we rank these guys. But I think most people kind of have Mahomes. I don't think any of us are taking Mahomes. Okay. We kind of see that as, okay, QBs are maybe starting to go now. Right. Then people maybe have Josh Allen. We Josh are both Allen, high Kyler. on, yeah. We're both high on Lamar Jackson, so we Lamar love Jackson. Getting, Lamar Jackson in the fifth and sixth for us is 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 is, is really nice. I want to say that's the first tier right there. Yeah, yeah. And then right after that, see, I have Dak, and I and I and I'm super high on Kyler. Kyler, Kyler may be my favorite quarterback of this year, and again, we'll get into that on later mm-hmm. uh, podcasts. But 
But what I, I guess what I'm saying with Dak is if we're if I'm getting him at the end of that tier in the end of the sixth round, I'm happy with that. I don't think that his defense is going to be good enough to where he's going to be, you know, uh, where they're going to where he's going to see a significant amount of regression mm-hmm. uh, in passing yards and in passing TDs. He still runs. OK, we still can bet on a few rushing TDs. OK, even though that's very variable. Let's speak on that for a second. Yeah. Now, because now I remember our conversation. I was actually saying that I'm concerned he might not run as much because Why? of the injury. That and what's my thing? Contracts. Uh, I remember last year he was fighting for a contract, right? Yeah. I don't. He had, I been, don't, fran- he, wait, wait, wait. He had been franchised, right? Yeah, yeah. So he was basically trying to show Jerry yeah. Jones because remember at that time Jerry Jones was yeah. trying to like yeah. basically lowball him on yeah. the deal. So he was fighting for a deal. I think he came into the season like I'm going to do whatever it takes to. Prove I'm valuable or worthy of the type of contract Deshaun Watson just got in yeah. Patrick. Remember, Deshaun Watson yeah. and Patrick Mahomes got paid last yeah. year. Right. And, and Dak should have probably gotten paid before both yeah. of them because he's older than both of them. So I think he went into the season saying, whatever it takes, I'm going to show out. Now you, that they paid him, now as a front office and a coaching staff, <laughs> wouldn't you be like, you know what? You okay. paid this guy all this money. Dak, if you're, li- if you're watching this pa- podcast, I completely, 100%, with all my heart, disagree with this, <laughs> this guy <laughs> sitting to but the right that, of me. But now that we look, paid him all this money, do we want him running that much and kind of... That is, that is very situation dependent. We've seen yeah. plenty of guys get paid and still ball out. Mahomes... No, uh, I still think he's going to ball out. Watson. I just don't know if he's going to run as much. That's really I think he's going to do what his instincts tell him to do. Yeah. If he sees a situation where he wants to. And I think just for the audience specifically, don't, you know, no concerns with his injury whatsoever. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I'm not concerned. No with concerns injury. with his injury yeah. whatsoever. So that's not even the, in the realm of possibility. He's speaking specifically and solely on the contract just issue. investment in a player. You I know? think, I think that's something that you can only determine after the fact. So I think in most of those situations, uh, we just got to see what the player does, but I think most players are really all about winning. I personally believe, and then if they show me otherwise, then we'll sort of kind of you know right. readdress okay. it. All right, all right. So no concern with Dak's injury. No. Last week we talked about Saquon. No concern with his injuries. I mean, are you guys concerned? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no. Okay. No, no. Let's talk okay. about. It. So, okay, we say let's no talk concern. about. It. Yeah, right. yeah. So I think. So I think the. The context of what uh, of where Saquon was brought up in the last pod, I didn't watch the last last pod. I'm not gonna be honest. Okay, you did a great job editing. <laughs> thank, I heard. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so I'm uh, really relying on you. But no, seriously, I think you know at least in my mind the way that I was sort of kind of uh, you know bringing up Saquon in context of the discussion was that. He was, I felt like a value pick. I felt mm-hmm. people were discounting the injury. Right. And I felt that he was a potential league winner. Okay. So whether he starts off week one and two on a limited basis, to me is almost something I am not putting very, very much weight in. Right. We never, or at least I don't think we argued in terms of drafting him one, two, three overall. I wanted the value in getting him seventh, eighth, ninth you know where Mm -hmm. he was sort of kind of falling Mm -hmm. and so i think it's more of a situation where let him fall to you okay there's no reason to reach for him one two you have very healthy players there in terms of you know cmc and dalvin cook me personally though i i still kind of okay drafting him like three four five you know because Mm kind of like what he was saying he might start the season a little bit slow yeah but in 
the game of fantasy football, what you do in week one, it's cool, but that's not really where it matters. Right. What matters is what you do in the playoffs or leading up to the playoffs, or I guess to some extent during yeah. the season, but the playoffs is really where you want your money to, yeah. to come. You know, um, and somebody with Saquon Barkley's talent, you know, there's not many players in the NFL that have that kind of talent in his yeah. position. So if you can get a player with that type of talent and, you know, ease him in week one or two, week two, yeah. that's fine. To me, that letting me know that he's close. Yeah. It's not a thing where they're like, we don't know if he's yeah. going to play week one or week two. Yeah. They're just saying they're going to ease him in. Yeah. Go ahead, ease him in. Get him right. You know, he missed the whole year. And how many times have we heard that term, we're going to ease him in? And, and then, then they end up getting a full work Then you're going to kick yourself yeah. in the butt later like, yeah. damn, I should have took him when yeah. I had the opportunity. Yeah. But again, I, I don't really care about week yeah. one. And again, let's put this into sort of kind of even a broader picture, broader concept. Okay. Those of you who are watching the podcast right now or listening to the podcast and watching the YouTube video, you guys are all degenerates, okay? <laughs> you guys have serious issues. You probably should see somebody about it. Right, right, right. right. Like Come on, have, in June 2nd, like, what are we doing? You have an what issue, okay? Right, right, yeah. But seriously, though, uh, most of us are not just, you know, drafting one single team. You're either drafting multiple dynasty teams. You're maybe doing startups. Best balls. You're doing a lot of best ball. This is right. best ball season. And if you're someone like me, you know, maybe you may be dabbling a little bit in high stakes a little bit, <laughs> okay? Uh, but... You know, so you're doing, you're drafting multiple teams. So what does that mean? It means that you're going to be drafting for multiple positions, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're likely going to have multiple draft positions. Yeah, multiple draft to. positions. So either right. you know, you know, maybe you're drafting, you know, from the one slot, maybe from the third slot, maybe from the tenth slot, you know, et cetera. So what that means is your teams are going to look different. So don't reach for Saquon with the first or second pick. Or even the third pick. You don't have to. You don't have to. Right. You know, if you're going to be doing multiple drafts, just wait till he falls to you. You know, I love to just sit in drafts and just watch stuff fall into my lap. You know, that's one of my favorite things. It's like watching somebody go ahead of me that I would never draft. And then another player just falling into my lap. Right. Now, that player may not pan out. Right. But at least in my mind at that time, you know, I'm you very happy. Value, yeah. 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 I'm going to value him. So right. for, let's Saquon fall to you. And that's like with and that's just sort of kind of a philosophy that you should have with drafting. You know, make the draft pay for allowing value to fall from you. Do you know what's interesting about this concept? Yeah. Warren Buffett has value based investing. You guys are talking about value-based drafting. Yeah. Hey, you the know same how I thing. feel about Warren Buffett. I know yeah, you feel yeah. about Warren Buffett. No, I'm, same thing. I'm not a fan of Warren no, Buffett no, no, right no, now. No, you're you're yeah. right. Honestly, I, I look at drafting to some extent like the stock market. Everybody's yeah. value shift. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can buy somebody yeah. when important. they're low. You can sell them. I mean, not, maybe not sell, but you can pick up a player when his value is low and get a great value in them. So, yeah, it's the same concept to some extent. Value-based drafting. So let's talk about that. Why can't I just rely on my draft room ADP and just draft at the top, let's say, four or five players that's there based on the position that I need on my particular team. Why can't I rely on that? So I think, you know, so we got to be specific about format, okay? And that's definitely something that I think uh, some of the viewers have, uh, you know, as far as uh, some of the critiques and comments, which we welcome. We want feedback. We want to improve. But we definitely got to be specific about content. So, you know, let's for right now just talk about the FFPC. And we plan on spanning out to Dynasty and, and mini drafts. We don't want to fall into a niche. Uh, we'll see where we go. We don't know where we're going, but we're going to go somewhere. Right. Okay. So, but for right now, let's focus on FFPC. Uh, relying on ADP sometimes may get you a good team. Okay. 
But I think what it does is it puts you into a certain trap. So if you're drafting in the FFPC with the hopes of sort of kind of, you know, uh, winning that first prize, chances are you're going to draft a team that looks like everyone else's. Okay, Mm -hmm. because your draft slot Say it's the one slot, and we've talked about. I've talked about the that. one trap. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you you get that number one pick. You're excited. You got CMC. Be careful. You don't fall into that. You know that number one spot trap where you draft CMC, and then it, you wide go based receiver, on ADP drafting, mm-hmm. and you draft a wide receiver, and then you draft a wide receiver and in round three, wide receiver. and then another round four wide another receiver. wide receiver, and then yeah. round five another, another, another round, wide receiver. receiver. Right, so your right. team looks basically as CMC and four straight wide receivers, and even though there may be some four variations, yellows. yeah, right. even though there may be some variations in the wide wide receivers, it's basically a very similar team. And then guess what? I'm assuming you're probably going to take a Trey Sermon. Maybe you kind of switch it up and go most. Moster, yeah. You know, maybe you get yeah, maybe you get lucky and you know someone else falls to you. But for the most part, a lot of those teams are going to look very similar, and you right. potentially could win with that. You know, right, right. based off of kind of how you do in the mid to late rounds. We talked about how right. that's probably maybe the more important parts of drafting. Right. But I think you know, especially early on, where ADP has not fully settled to where it's going to settle in September. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to reach. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you don't want to do that in the first early rounds because it just kind of is more common sense or just makes more sense. Maybe there's more of a consensus. But otherwise, don't be afraid to reach. Don't right. be afraid to sort of kind of say, you know what? I want to do something a little bit different so my team looks a little bit different. Or my team is in need of a ten- of a tight end. Mm-hmm. You know, even though ADP says that I shouldn't take this tight end here, mm-hmm. you know, I should wait two rounds. That tight end may not be there two rounds later. Right. Right. Take what your team needs, okay? At the end of your draft, you want to be able to look at your team and say, okay, I can compete. I got a starting lineup. I can compete. And I like to go through everyone else's draft and see, okay, what are they going to be putting out week one? And then I like to try to figure out, you know, how does my team compare against theirs? Right. And I drafted my team. So usually right, I'm right. going to say my team compares pretty well. <laughs> but right, right. for the most part, you, know, you see a lot of teams that don't really even have a starting lineup draft, you know, uh, you know, starting week one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so to clarify a few things, when he was talking about being number one, so with FFPC and for people that have never really been in these leagues, um, first of all, you want to understand that every draft is a league kind of enclosed in itself. You know, it's a 12-team league uh, full of teams that compete from week one, I want to say, to week 13. 13 now. Yeah, 13, 13 now. Yeah. Um, and in that, you know, everybody plays each other. Uh, I think the top four teams, and you know, you can look at the website to see how those top four are determined. But those four, top four teams kind of compete to figure out who the winner is of that league, the champion. And I've won—I mean, I'm not bragging or anything, but I've won several championships. I'll brag for or whatever. him. He's won a lot. I've won several, <laughs> but, but but I don't care about those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, he like he, he said, doesn't. he doesn't. You're trying to be the number one team. Now, what is the number one team? So after this, again, week thirteen playoff with within your league the top two teams go into this large tournament where all the other top two seeds from all the other leagues and there's a whole i mean there's hundreds maybe thousands of leagues thousands, thousands. they all go into yeah. one big tournament and again they kind of got this formula to figure out how everything's kind of situated um but then out of all those teams the number one person is determined. And this guy right here has won it the last two years. You know, so I'm a little jealous of him. So <laughs> me winning these little league champions, I say little, I mean, I guess it's, it's a significant. It's, significant. it's hard. It's hard to win. A I don't league. care. Look, 
There are a lot of great players in the NFC. It is really hard to win a league. This? Oh, I hear come it. on. Oh, really? This is what I'm trying to get. Uh, I don't care about those league champs. So, so, let me put this back up. So, so, when he's saying you're trying to make a team that you can become number one, what he's basically saying, you're trying to make a team so unique that when you get into that big tournament, competing against all those other teams, your team will kind of stand out from the crowd. You know? Because if you have a team like 20, 30 other teams – then even if you get number one, you're basically sharing that number one prize with 30 other teams. You know, you're sharing the, 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 the prize almost like the lotto. And you don't want that. You want to be the sole number one team. So that number one draft slot trap he's talking about is all the teams that have C-Mac or a lot of the teams that have C-Mac that we've been seeing are going to all look similar in the fact they're going to have C-Mac. They might have one of... Three, four receivers, DK, Jefferson, yeah. Ridley. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so, all of them. And so I, I drafted me. my first team <laughs> Memorial Weekend. And he told me, listen, the number one team, they get into this trap of getting C Mac <laughs> and four receivers. I and yeah. I said, Watching and go I said, four okay, wide sure, receivers. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And I swear in my draft, it was C Mac. And four receivers yeah, yeah. going one by one. How many times do you guys see that? And have you drafted that much to where you know where players should go? And it's almost a foregone conclusion. I'm going to let you go. Right, but yeah. I'm going to tell you so you don't feel bad. Yeah. I only have one C-Mac team thus far, yeah. and I literally did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. avoid it, honestly. And, you know, I literally fell into the same trap. <laughs> <laughs> and when I fell into the trap, that's when I coined it the trap. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I felt like there was just like no uh, like there was I, no I was other like, option. I was like there was no other option. Yeah. You know, I was like, like you know you can hope and, and try and get lucky that one of those tier you know second tiered running backs Fall or third down. tier whatever you want to call it you know you know the the, the Antonio Gibson down the to the CEH the, the yeah. Swift yeah and maybe and Swift is maybe not even included in that given the news but we'll talk right, about Swift right, another time right, you know right, Swift right. maybe I think. Is, a, is an excellent value right now but yeah so so you don't want to like reach for like maybe a miles sanders mm-hmm. knowing that i do multiple drafts and that i can get miles sanders at the end of the third right. why do i want to draft in three one now you can kind of go with the idea that okay say miles sanders breaks out i had that number one pick how many people are actually reaching for miles sanders that's where it's sort of kind of that but you know that, very, that might be a good thing though that would make your team be, a little unique and I will tell you, some people may be able to win like that, and there are multiple ways you can win. That is not my mode of drafting. Right. I think for me, I want the value. So I don't want to like reach that far ahead. Right. If it's a few picks, I feel like that to me is sort of kind of my limit. Knowing that I'm going to be able to do multiple drafts, I feel like I would rather wait on that end. But, but that mindset is literally why the trap occurs. Yeah. Because, because once you it's get true. to that point, it is true. literally the only running backs you see that you can choose from is the Swift, like you just said, which yeah. is kind of fall off for good reason. Yeah. The Miles Sanders, who was never really even yeah. touched or JK Dobbins. Dobbins, yeah, but, you know, some Who, people are warm on Dobbins, some people yeah, are not as warm. Yeah. And then you have your, your um, do we say CH Swift? Yeah, it's uh, CH Dobbins I'm, and Miles. I'm, that's 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 automatic lock button. Uh, if I see CH fall, and I think early on when I drafted, I think I had a team where I got what was that team? CMC, it was Joe Mixon. And maybe CEH or Najee Harris. I don't think it was Najee. I think it was CEH. Yeah, maybe CEH. So, you know, and again, that's kind of some of the advantages of the draft earlier. Yeah, Clyde, Clyde, Clyde Edward Solaire of uh, yeah. the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, 
Again, well, we fall into that trap. Year. That's why we're trying to like, you know, and it's not, and again, that's not to say don't do it. You know, mm-hmm. you may be able to sort of kind of create a team where you get, if you get four stud wide receivers and somehow AJ Brown falls to you and you get Cal- Calvin Ridley, you know, and then you're able to drop, you know, draft two other wide receivers. I think I drafted Amari Cooper once and, you know, with one of my CMC teams, like don't, don't. Do not not do it. Right. Double negative there. I think the point we're trying yeah, to make yeah. is understand that it is a trap. Your team is going to look probably yeah. similar to other teams and just be okay with that. Yeah. You know, or if you're going to be unique, you know, know you're either losing value or you just yeah. were lucky enough to have somebody yeah. fall to you. And, um, and that's one of the biggest advantages, I think, uh, for me in terms of being able to do multiple drafts and seeing multiple draft boards. We said it last pod. We love to study drafts. All day long. You know, we study it like we're getting ready to take a test. Yeah. So for us, you know, if you're not someone who drafts a lot, I mean, I would probably recommend, you know, checking out a, a site like Fantasy Mojo, who I think does a great job of sort of kind of, you know, uh, having available ADP for the uh, FFPC format. But I think that allows you to sort of kind of have a good sense, okay, what's going to be available to me in the third and fourth round mm-hmm. before I start my draft? Right. So that way, if you're drafting CMC and you see CEH is there, but ne- you may not necessarily be as high on CEH, but you know you're someone who wants to have a strong running back too. Looking at that ADP data, you may be able to look and see, oh man, when it comes to me around four or five, mm-hmm. you know, running back is looking kind of slim. And if right. you're not comfortable with some of the running backs in that area, you may want, like I said, it's not necessarily reaching, but it's doing what's best for your team at that particular time. And just time. a little bit of advice, and we can move on after this, but just yeah. a little bit. If, if you want to try to kind of like you're saying, practice or kind of see what it's like, um, FFPC offers um, best balls for like $35, Correct. which is yeah. very, very cheap. Um, and those ADPs actually tend to be very similar to the football guys and main mm-hmm. event ADPs. So you can jump in those, just kind of just get a feel of the water, see how – People are falling down the boards if you're just kind of trying to kind of get an idea yeah. of how ADPs are. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so definitely if you're not able to see boards. So we can't go two weeks without talking about personally our hometown team, the uh-huh. Houston Texans. How are you guys <laughs> addressing the Houston go. Texans, the Deshaun Watson saga, and everything, or I should say okay. the lack thereof? Yeah. pieces around him. Okay. How are you guys addressing the Texans? Okay, so I don't know that we can necessarily talk about Deshaun Watson. Number one, that situation is I'm very much... That, that situation is very much in flux. There's not yeah, really much to say. People know what's kind of out there. Yeah, they and, know. and this is only our second or third pod. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't necessarily know that it, we want to kind of get... It's a story uh, that hasn't been totally written yet. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. But I don't necessarily know and that we want to kind of get Rusty bounced. Harden, as the resident lawyer on the podcast, yeah. Rusty Harden is a great attorney and I'm going to let him work Let's talk about football okay, instead okay, of talking okay, about okay, it. Okay, there you go. There you go. From the, the lawyer. legal back. Oh, you right, can right. use the legal expert. Okay, let's hold up on that. Okay, let's not even talk to Sean Watson. Okay, I think, you know, so we both kind of wanted to talk about this topic. At okay? some point, yeah. And we have had internal discussions regarding the Houston Texans, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be play a little bit devil's advocate. He's definitely be, been on the pro Texan side from a standpoint of they're not going to be as bad as everyone has said they made were going to be. Yeah, yeah, made them out to be. Right. And I think it's all stemmed from that Peter King SI article where he basically said we're going to be worse, I think, than our like franchise team. 0-17. Yeah, I mean, just like, like historically bad. every game. Historically bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Expansion so, team type, yeah. yeah. Prior to all of that and prior to sort of kind of what I've kind of, you know, uh, uh, 
heard from the fantasy community uh, since then, you know, I was kind of leaning towards us being very, very bad. But I think I also, too, have to stick up for our Houston Texans team, okay? This is an NFL football team. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They have NFL players, Mm -hmm. okay? Okay. Let's not forget that. And so I want to... I literally, I don't take down notes and, uh, you know, kind of have bullet points very often. Uh, but I, I took some down for this particular topic today. Okay. Okay. So the first thing that I want to do is. I Are we going to be that podcast, though? Are we going to be hey. homers? Hey. Are we going to hey. be homers? Hey, okay, I can talk about Texas all day long. Okay, Are we gonna I can literally do one podcast by okay, myself on Texas. I but I'm coming, from the, I'm, coming, I'm coming from a very non-biased standpoint, understanding that I'm a Texans fan. I'm biased but this. Yeah. This, for me, is I'm being very objective. Okay, okay. okay. I'm, I'm objective. I'm not be subjective. Non, but, but that's <laughs> how it's going to okay, be. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. So, what I want you first to do is understand. Okay, what's the current state of the Texans? I think everybody thinks that we're this terrible team, terrible roster, etc. Who's our starting quarterback? Assuming Week One, Tyrod Taylor. Correct. That's what everybody's thinking. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've had some roster turnover. Okay, but when you kind of look at some of the skilled some. players. Oh, we've had ultimate lots, roster, turnover. a lot of roster, you know, turnover. Yeah, but that's and I want to focus more on the offensive end. As far as the offensive line, for the most part, we have some pretty good continuity there, and if anything, I think we've gotten better. We uh, we kept our tackles, Titus yeah. Howard and uh, Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, and Titus Howard, I felt like improved. I feel like year. we upgraded our center. We went from yeah. um, Nick Martin, who's the yeah. brother of Zach Martin. The, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the, and Nick Martin now with the Chiefs. Yeah. And, and we went to Justin Britt, who was mm-hmm. out last year, but yeah. he's been solid in the past yeah. for the Seahawks. Um, we added Marcus Cannon from yeah. the Patriots, who mm-hmm. was also out for who, mm-hmm. who opted out last year, mm-hmm. but also solid. We have a lot of Patriots players. Um, <laughs> Thank now, you. Nick it was one of the, the one of the guard we had. I don't even remember who it is right now, yeah. but but I feel like he's an upgrade than what we had because yeah. again, we were really bad last year. So offensive line improved. Okay, so understand kind of what our state is right now, and really, you know, take a. Look deeper than the surface, okay? Yes, we know Deshaun Watson is, let's just assume that he's not playing for the Texans this year, maybe ever again. But outside of that, looking at the offense, I personally don't feel much has changed outside of the quarterback. And yes, it's a significant change, but the offensive line I feel like is better. And if anything, I feel like our wide receiver from where we started last year, yes, it's taken a significant hit, but I don't think as big a hit as people uh, people are making it, it out, to be, out to be. Okay. Quiet, yeah. So now what I want you guys to do is think of the, think of the chargers. Okay. The LA chargers. Okay. Let's go back to 2020. Okay. I don't want you to think of the LA chargers in their current state. I want you to go back to 2020. So not 2021, not Herbert, not their current offense. I want you to go back to 2020. Who was their starting, the projected starting quarterback in Tyra. 2020? Tyrod Taylor. Who's Tyrod right. starting for right now? Texans. Okay. What What was the state of their offensive line back in 2020, the Chargers? I don't remember, but I'm assuming they were in shambles. In shambles. I mean, I think pro football focus had them ranked dead last. Got you. Okay. And they or they were at they, the bottom of the they, league. That's part of what they were trying to improve. Yeah, this they year, were at the so bottom of the league. Yeah. Okay. Their offense, or the, sorry, their defense, you know, who knows? Uh, I think every year we say the Chargers defense they, is going to be... Were co- they were going to be a James great defense. Derwin got hurt, who yeah. I love Derwin James. But he got what hurt. happens every year with the Chargers? They get hurt. Yeah, they got some kind they of curse or I something. Don't, I don't so, know. So, you know Training staff, who knows? Yeah. Whatever. But, but 
if we look at that offense, and let's look at their, you know, their, you know, their offensive coordinator, who I think was a rookie offensive coordinator at that time. I want to say, you know, maybe you know, fact check me on that. But their head coach was it Pip Hamilton? I don't know because Pip Hamilton, they no, no, maybe no, no, not, maybe no. not, maybe yeah. not. I, I might be misspeaking. So their head coach, okay, and I don't want to speak bad on the head coach, Anthony Lynn. Yeah, I don't want to speak bad on 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 Anthony Lynn, but I think it, from a standpoint of you know. Okay, do we consider him a, an offensive genius or, you know, sort of kind of top half or top tier of the league when it comes to offense? I think the answer is probably, probably not. Probably not, right? Yeah. So they More had Austin Eckler. Coach. They had Keenan Allen. Okay, okay. But outside of that, I mean, Mike Williams is a deep threat, runs a lot of nine routes, contested catches, but, you know, really isn't offering Hunter much more Henry than that. Hunter Henry who could never yeah. stay healthy. Hunter Henry could never stay healthy. Like, what was their offense back then that was yeah. so much better than the Houston Texans offense now? Let's get to the Houston Texans now, okay? Tyrod, same quarterback as back then. We'll get to David Johnson, but we were drafting Austin Eckler second round last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. we were drafting Keenan Allen probably in the fourth or fifth. Okay, and he balled out. But people just you know shit on Brandon Cooks like he's nothing. Like right. they like like he and he's had, had like four straight thousand yard seasons or maybe five eighty plus thousand. reception yard seasons. Yeah, okay, yeah. most of us play in PPR formats. Right, put some respect on his name. Right, right. Damian right. Lillard type eighty plus receptions. Mm-hmm. Okay, a thousand plus yards, and I think he even scored six TDs last year. He not he not only I think offered pretty good you know consistency, being able to confidently start him in your lineup week to week. Right. But offer, but also offered upside, I believe. Okay, right, right. Then let's look at the rest of our receiving court. Okay, we have Kiki Kuti. Let's not forget. Okay, when our you know when wide receivers went down with the Houston Texans, who was the first people? Who was the first person people added on waivers? Mm-hmm. Kiki. 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 Okay, yeah. Kiki was always at the top of the waiver, the waiver uh, wire ad list. Okay. And people had great things to say about it. Remember, the knock against him was not necessarily that he played bad, but that Bill O'Brien wasn't giving him an opportunity. And when he was given the opportunity last year, guess what? He played very well. Okay, let's go to Randall Cobb. Okay, our slot receiver. Historically, you know, Randall Randall Cobb has been a very good player. Yes, he's older. Okay, Mm -hmm. he had some injuries last year. And can we count on for count on him for a full seventeen games? Probably, Probably not, not right. but he's still there, okay? Right, right. Now, let's get to our, you know, one of, you know, I think uh, the FFPC's, one of their favorite late-round wide receiver sleepers. The rookie? The rookie. I'll let you speak on the rookie. I mean, Nico, Nico Collins. I mean, you know, I play a lot of Dynasty, so I was aware of Nico yeah. prior to the draft. Um, I was higher on him. Let me not say more than consensus, but I was just high on him in general because he was a different type of receiver than the other receivers in the draft. A lot of the receivers in the draft were were smaller type guys this Mm -hmm. season for whatever reason. Um, And he was the one that actually had the the big body type, um, almost like the Plaxico Burris can go up and get it. Um, Maybe not top end speed or or anything like that, Um, but contested catches, he was always there, able to make it. so you know, I was I was definitely a lot higher on him. He, he was he played for Michigan, who historically Michigan has not really been a great aerial attack. Um, they haven't really shown receivers to to put up great numbers. But they've had some receivers come into the league that 
I've been to some extent respectable. Last year mm-hmm. they had People's Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they had um, Deep Deep Sleeper. Yeah. Um, was, was, did Funches go to Michigan? I think he did. You know. And, you know. I'm not talking. They're not great receivers, but NFL caliber receivers. Mm-hmm. You know. And we're talking about a guy that the, the Texans drafted in the third round, uh, who, from all accounts, has actually been practicing very well. Now, again, we call news at this time of the offseason fluff yeah uh but still we're not hearing bad news yeah you know if i'm not hearing bad news i'm at least still yeah. positive on the players so and, and i'm in agreement with you i think he's a he's a sleeper i think he was i don't want to necessarily say still but i think it was an excellent value for the Texans and, and, and then in the, in the draft on top of that compared to other receivers he has a a great you know um type Opportunity as far as being able to produce in year one, yeah, compared to a lot of other receivers. Yeah. So I, I think he, yeah. he he should be a sleeper. So, and so, so suffice to say that I don't necessarily know that the Texans are in that significantly worse a situation than the Chargers were. So let me get to sort of kind of my main point. Okay, I think some of the Texans skilled players are criminally being drafted well below they should be in a number of drafts. Okay. And specifically, I want to talk about Brandon Cooks, who we've kind of touched on, as well as DJ. David Johnson. Okay, I know, and I know we probably lost about good sixty-five percent of, of our followers. They've turned us off already. But <laughs> I brought up well, we David gonna get Johnson. these words out. Yeah, though. We're we gonna get these know, words out. Hey, somebody's gonna listen. Maybe it's our moms. <laughs> that, that, that's about it. But somebody's gonna listen. Oh man. So, okay, Brandon Cooks. First of all, okay, I think he's going in the eighth. Ninth round. I think I've seen him in the tenth round in some leagues. Again, this guy, yes, granted, it was with Watson, but this guy had an 80 plus reception, over 1,100 yards, and six TDs. And he's done it multiple times. Granted, yes, it's been with Watson, it's been with uh, Brady, it's been with Drew Brees, but it's also been with Golf. Jared Golf. Where's Jared Golf right now? Great, he had the exodus. You know, they basically, you know, they, they were pay, they paid they to paid him them. to leave. Like, go away and take this money. Imagine with if you. your job paid you just to leave. Yeah. Okay, so and again, I'm not a Jared Goff hater, but that's basically what that situation was. So Fuller is gone. You were looking at a number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Okay, should you draft him in every league? No, but say you go robust RB. Say you, you know, you're just hitting value. And you love your draft. You, you know, you start off your draft, you get Saquon. You come back, you get Antonio Gibson. CEH falls to you in the third. Carson falls to you. And you're like, I love this start. I am set at running backs. But now I got to homer some of these other positions. You should be eyeing and targeting Brandon Cooks. Mm -hmm. Could he not pan out? Maybe. Okay, I think we overblow. I think it's overblown, you know, with regards to his injury history, because he's played a significant amount of games. He barely missed. He he really hasn't missed that many games. games. Yeah. Yeah. So So. I think his injury history is overblown. And again, you're getting him in the eighth, ninth, tenth round sometimes. So Brandon Cooks, remember that name again. You don't have to draft him everywhere, but just know what he's done. Go back and look at his game stats. I think you'll be very surprised. Now let's get to the hot topic. David Johnson. Okay. <laughs> and I think when most fantasy analysts talk, ab- talk about Houston Texans, and maybe rightfully so, they say, pretend like they don't even exist. Mm. Okay. We don't want anybody from David Johnson. Uh, we've seen all the Twitter memes. They just cross the Texans. They cross it out. I mean, I've seen totally. some of the gifts related to like, you know, how you feel when you're getting ready to de- draft David Johnson. I'm not going to lie. I personally have laughed. They are very funny. <laughs> they, I mean, Twitter is undefeated. Okay. Right. Twitter is undefeated. <laughs> right, you, right, right, right. I mean, you know, how, you know, people are extremely creative, but, 
go back and look at the game logs. Okay, and we're not a stats part. You know, we're not. You know, we're not. You know, solely. You know, okay, let's look at the statistics and then you know have all of our analysis focused in on that. But encourage, I encourage everyone, just go back and look at the game logs. Okay, look at the amount of touches they got. Look at the amount of receptions they got. Look at the amount of targets they got. That information is helpful to put that player in context, and then look at when their production was. To end the season, I think he had three straight twenty-plus point PPR no, games. He was killing it. He was killing it. He really was. Twenty-plus point it. PPR games. Yeah. So for me, David Johnson, when I see him in the ninth and tenth round, close to lock button. Yeah. And again, it's dependent on the type of team. But if you have one of those CMC teams, you draft the four straight wide receivers. You may need to be looking at drafting David Johnson. In the eighth round. And let me tell you, this is not drafting David Johnson assume, you know, with the idea that he's going to help me in the fantasy playoffs. Because, yes, he's an older running back. Maybe he doesn't make it through the entire season. We added Philip Lindsay. We added Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, I'm, I don't want to completely disregard. I know that's definitely not your approach. I tend to do that a little bit too often. But I think he's sort of kind of reached the end of the rope. I think he's sort of kind of, you know, break glass if you need it. Philip Lindsay is not a third down back to me. He can't pass protect. He's not very great, you know, in the passing game. So, and then we saw the recent addition of Rex Burkhead, which is really going to depress David Johnson's value, which Maybe. I think is going to make him more Maybe. value. But Rex Burkhead is old. He's injury prone. And I think personally, he may not even make the roster given the contract. The highest paid running back on the roster is David Johnson. Correct. David Burkhead may just be a special teams guy. He's played special teams in the past. So, you know, we've seen this GM uh, bring in a lot of old Patriots players. And I think he's trying to set sort of kind of a new tone. Okay. Right. right. Uh, and even though I think there's no general direction, and I'm not very happy with our franchise right now, I'll let you kind of speak on that, you know, afterwards. But I think David Johnson, you know, has enough potential to where uh, it's unlikely that they that they will cut him. And if you're drafting someone like a Trey Sermon, say you start off CMC, four wide receivers, and you're looking for your next running back, and you say Trey Sermon's right there. I love the upside, and we've talked about the San Francisco schedule. Well. I think you need to couple him with the David Johnson, someone you can start the season off with. That way you have two running backs. You start the season off strong. And then if David Johnson falls, hopefully it's at the same time point when Trey Sermon starts to ascend. Okay. Uh, and then go back and, and go, go look at David Johnson's strength of schedule. Go look at the teams that he's playing. You know, if you go back and look at his season last year, he was bad against very strong defensive teams, which we would anticipate, okay? When we go through and rank week by week, no one is ranking David Johnson in the top 20 against Pittsburgh's defense or Washington football defense. But if he plays Jacksonville, guess what? He may slide into that RB2. Right. And if you go back and look at how he played against Jacksonville last year, RB1 production, right. okay? Right. So that's all I say. Don't completely disregard or completely write off Texans players, okay? It's offensive to us. Very. It's offensive to the city of Houston. Okay. And it's offensive, it's offensive to the to our Texas organization. And again, I'm still representing, man. I'm still representing, baby. Take. Still here. Still All right, here. I'll let you go. I mean, honestly, you did a great job. I, I'm kind of proud of you, honestly. I, <laughs> you, I, I'm gonna, I came a long way. I ain't gonna lie. Too much. The hate was too much. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I was the one on a boat by myself you saying, were. who's coming with me to you some said, extent. You put it at four games. <laughs> I was like, I want that bet all day. I'll take but that bet all day. You actually made a lot of good points that 
Honestly, I feel like you've been kind of listening to what I was saying a little bit. I have, I have. And, and a little bit started. Take time. You know, sometimes it takes time. When you first, when you so, first hit me with so, it, I swatted so. away. Okay, but sometimes it takes a little time. It's oh. got to settle in. Okay. Every team is going to play games. They're all going to be on offense at some point. They're all going to be trying to score touchdowns. So you can't just totally disregard a team because they are going to try to put up fantasy points one way or another. If they're actually competitive to start the game, that's good because that means they're putting up fantasy points. Or like we were speaking of earlier, if they're trying to play catch up and they're having this garbage time, they're still going to most likely be putting up points. Nobody's going to just say, oh, we're so bad, we can't compete, let's just run it up the middle all day long yeah. and quit. Literally all the way until the very end of the game, they're going to be trying to, to produce. And one last point I want to make about the, com I mean, about the Texans, and again, I can speak about the Texans all day long, literally all day long. Nobody wants all you to talk long. about the Texans one point, all day long. One point I do want to make about the Texans that people need to take into account is their whole team is full of veterans right now. We're not talking about a young team full of a bunch of rookies that don't know what they're doing. We're talking about players that have been in the league for a fair amount of time, have been on teams that have been successful. They know what winning football could be like, or at least they know how to be a professional football player. So don't just think all these players are just going to go and lay down on the field. Um, one big thing the Texans are trying to do this year is they're trying to have a team all about competition, and a lot of these players are hungry. I mean, look at somebody like Phillip Lindsay. The, the Broncos put a restrictive uh, free agent tag on him at first that he really didn't like, and then they, they stripped it. You know, they basically said, you know what, we don't even want you anymore after not even giving the opportunity to really go through free agency. So he has a, a, a what do you call it? Um, chip on the shoulder. A chip on the shoulder, exactly. And if you really look at the Texans roster, Tyrod, think about Tyrod. He was a starting quarterback of the Chargers last year. The only reason he lost that job is because the doctors basically punctured his lung. It wasn't doctors. 
Was it a doctor? Yeah, of course, yeah, it, it, was, doctor. it was a doctor. Okay, okay. It was a team doctor. Yeah, it was a little offensive. The team doctor punctured his lug in the beginning of the game. Herbert was not even supposed to start that game. Right. So you got to remember, you got a, a bunch true. of these players they have these chips on their their shoulder, and they're hearing all day long about how bad they are and how they're going to go zero and seventeen, and they're like an expansion team. Even if they were an expansion team, how many expansion teams have gone zero in sixteen? Yeah. I don't think any expansion team has gone yeah. that bad. So yes, they're probably going to be a a team that struggles. They're they're, they're probably not going to do good. You know, I'm definitely not saying not, they're Super Bowl contenders. We're, we're not making playoffs. We, we, right. we don't know think that. They're gonna, you know, I don't think that. Even though I'll be I'll be pleasantly surprised. But for the type of hate and the type of narrative going around the text right now, I, I really don't think it's called for. And again, I'm a fan, so I'm obviously biased. I'm obviously subjective. I, you know, my head could be in the clouds, but I, I do think the hate has gone just a little, little bit too far. Look, we play Jacksonville twice, okay? Say what you want about Urban Myers. I mean, we'll see. You know, college coaches coming into the NFL their first year, track record, it is what it is. Uh, they got a rookie quarterback. They got a very young team as well. Uh, they weren't that very good last year to begin they with. The anyway, one, they had the number one pick. They were they the worst team. Literally, not just the not number that, one pick. They were yes. the worst team. Okay. Uh, we've so. talked about ETN and our feelings regarding him as well. So they played the Jaguars twice. They played the Tennessee Titans twice as well. Okay. And yes, Tennessee Titans have a lot of great skilled players, but when you look at their overall team, they've lost a lot of pieces. They've lost a lot of pieces as well. We have one of the easier schedules in the NFL. If you want to go hate on the team, go hate on the Detroit Lions. Leave our Texans alone. I'm done. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Tennessee isn't a running to get Julio from what I hear, but let's not even talk about that. Yeah, okay. I don't want to talk let's about superstars anymore. I want to talk about the guys that people are high on that you guys are fading. You guys are drafting a lot. What are you seeing about like some of these players that – that the average drafter is high on, but you personally are fading. Okay, let me start because I know everybody wants to hear about the champs' choices. So I want before y'all kind of mute me or silence me. I'm gonna say mine. Now, you said who we are fading or mm-hmm. who we are I liking. Think both. Than I think he wants both. Both? Uh, more so fading because that's okay. what I care. Well, okay. I'll give you both. All right, I'll give you both. Okay. So, and I don't want to say I'm fading him again. We don't hate players. We hate ADPs, right? Okay. We hate where players are being picked. Me personally, and you know, there might be a lot of people that disagree with this, but I don't like where David Montgomery is going at the moment. Mm. Now, David Montgomery actually had a very good season last year. I'm not going to deny that whatsoever. But my thing is, David Montgomery was also the only running back on the Bears last year that got any carries. They had nobody else. Prior to the season, they actually were planning on utilizing Tariq Cohen mm-hmm. a fair amount. So much so, and again, what's my thing? They gave him a new contract to yeah. start the season. They gave him a, a, a damn good contract for yeah. the role he had, had prior to that, yeah. which kind of told me that they must be planning on utilizing him a lot more. A lot of the value David Montgomery got, not only was he having great running performances, he killed my Texans, by the way. Like, to start the game, he killed them. He killed bad defenses. Um, yeah, he, but he also got a lot of passing work. I don't think he's going to get that type of passing work this year, you know, at all. So when you take away that passing, that 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 passing game or the receiving work that he might he was getting last year, and you just say, okay, we just want you to run the ball. And again, I don't even think he was as good as what he showed last year. 
Um, he played against very, very poor defenses. Um, he still was not super fast. He can break tackles, but he's more of a, a horizontal type player. You know, he kind of shift to the side and, you know, agile like that. Um, I don't think where he's being taken now is warranted. You know, um, so that's who I'm not really taking at his current ADP. And I, I, I understand if a lot of people disagree with that. I, I get it, but that's my reason. Yeah. The person that I am a lot higher on than what I would think consensus is, is on is actually, and this might surprise a lot of people, but I actually like Mike Williams this year, the receiver for mm, the Chargers. The Chargers. Um, several reasons, as you can kind of allude from what I've been saying a lot of this a lot of this podcast is I like players with opportunities. Um the Chargers, if you look at their wide receiver room, it's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and who? Right? A lot like, of young guys. A lot like, of young who, guys. who are these guys? Yeah. I, I even think right now the person that's projected to be the wide receiver three is a rookie, Josh Palmer yeah. from Tennessee. Yeah. You know, who's actually he was a third round pick, but people were saying they didn't even think he would be drafted that high. Yeah. You know? Um but the Chargers ended up gaining um, the the OC from the Rams, I believe. Um, Saints. The Saints? Yeah. Okay. I think Lombardi. Lombardi, okay. Yeah. So they got the, the OC from the, the, the Saints. Really? Okay. Got the OC from the Saints. They improved their, their offensive line. Um, they did. And, yeah. and Herbert, we saw last year, is a deep ball thrower. He, yeah. can, he can sling them up. Yeah. And what has Mike Williams always been known to do? Go deep. Um. He's a big guy, so he can high point the ball, has speed. He was a first-round draft pick. I want to say he was like the number seven pick. Yeah, he's an early first-round draft pick. So he has pick. high draft pick. So the, we know the talent is there. Yeah. I think he's dealt with injuries, you know. Um, but with this new offense, uh, again, a new offensive line, a quarterback that has a little bit more experience and improved offense because Anthony Lynn is gone. Now you have the Saints coordinator who we, we believe is going to be an improvement. And I think Mike Williams is going in like the double-digit rounds. Yeah, You know, you got Keenan Allen going – Third round or fourth round, Mike Williams going double digit yeah. round, and you got Herbert still being a top tier quarterback. I feel like he might have yeah. a good season. Too much Anthony Lynn slander for this podcast. <laughs> Mike Williams burned me all last season yeah. with his inconsistency. But, 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 yeah. but that's but what you call a post hype sleeper. I will tell you this. Burn. I will tell you this. Your first reaction has basically been my first reaction for literally like the last five to ten years, which is like that sounds absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I want to hear none of that. And you can miss me with all of what you just said, okay? And then comes the end of the season, and mm-hmm. you look back and you're like, "What did I miss here?" All right, right, right. <laughs> did Mike Williams just really put up a thousand plus yards? Right, right, right. You're so, so inconsistent, though. Yeah. So you gotta like literally, you gotta pull your, you gotta pull back from that that inclination to say, you know, I'm done with Mike Williams, and say, okay, look, let me at least consider. The and, and remember, because it really comes it comes down to what you said the right. situation and opportunity. And, and remember, I'm only saying this because of how late he's being drafted yeah. right now. He's not mm. being drafted. He's not even being drafted as high as Curtis Samuel. Yeah. This guy being drafted as, as around where other wide receiver threes and fours are going, and this guy is supposed to be a starting wide receiver on yeah. a on a uh, passing offense. Yeah. That's really where they're coming from. So, yeah. But go ahead, uh, champ. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's say uh, the entire Jags team and the entire Lions, basically teams that I that I need to be worse than the that you, than the you're Houston saying, Texans. You, you're saying you don't like them no, compared no, no, to ADP? No, no, no. I, okay. I, I, I like me some DeAndre Swift. Uh, but let's be serious. So, I mean, I have a couple on this list. This is really hard for me. Uh, what I will say is, give us one. Know, give us one. We got a lot of episodes. Okay, that's true. That's true. Okay, so this is basically players that 
I am not against, but I have not drafted, and I've done a number of drafts, so I'll put it put it in that way. And I think one of the names at the top of that list is T.J. Hawkinson. Okay? okay, and that is on everyone's, you know, so I think everyone's uh, list of players to sort of kind of excel. And again, I'm talking specifically in the FFPC format, which is tight end premium, 1.5 points per reception for tight ends. One point per reception for wide receiver and other skill positions, uh, like running backs, et cetera. So my issue is not with TJ Hawkinson himself, uh, although I don't necessarily know that he is as athletic and as gifted as some of the tight ends that go before him. Okay. The George Kittles, even the Travis Kelsey, you know, Travis Kelsey is gifted, but he's not like this, you know, amazingly explosive guy but he's just gifted in terms of his route running and understanding of the game uh or the darren wallers okay or obviously our boy our boy uh kyle, kyle pitts. pitts who i popped the cherry and drafted him for the first time congratulations, uh, congratulations. <laughs> yes, sir. okay yes, sir. uh so but tj hawkinson i've seen him go in the fourth round and for me i need to okay for me players that are going in that fourth round they're too many players that I prefer over him that I know are going to give me consistent play week in and week out, but then also have upside. So I don't want to, what I feel is reaching for a player who I hope exceeds a certain potential or I hope reaches his upside. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's in a new system. We're assuming again, you know, and we kind of do this and I did it and I do it as well. We assume that, oh, there's no other passing targets there. Let's ignore all the other signings. Let's ignore the uh, OC and head C. And let's just say, okay, TJ Hawkinson is there. DJ, DeAndre Swift there. They're getting all the work. That's really how, that's really how, it, all, how it plays out, mm-hmm. you know, from year in and year out, okay? Someone else is going to get involved, okay, whether it's the wide receivers or who, whoever. So, yes, is he going to get targets? Yes. But do I see him as sort of kind of this guy that can kind of make that Mark Andrews type leap from 2020 or, you know, kind of get into the realm of, you know, uh, Kittle or Darren Waller or someone, you know, you know, in that sort of kind of tier? I don't. OK, I see him as someone who gets, you know, 60 catches, 70 at most for me. I see him below a thousand yards, which is good. Uh, I don't see this as a team that's scoring a lot of touchdowns. You know, we say jo- we say Jared Goff throws to the tight end a lot, but he threw to the tight end a lot in that Sean system. McVay system. Right. This is not that system. Okay. Right. So this is the Anthony Anthony Lynn system. Yeah. This is the Anthony Lynn system. Back on A Lynn. And you know, <laughs> historically, <too> <laughs> you know, we can look back at the numbers. They ended up throwing a lot. Whether that's because they had a bad defense or they just couldn't run, who knows? But what have they shown us in the off season? What have they told us in the off season? They want to run the ball. Okay, and I don't think they're bringing in, you know, Todd Gurley or anything like that. I I, I think that that likely not going to happen, but they're showing us that they want to run the ball. They spent a, you know, first round pick on an offensive lineman. Uh, They brought in Jamal Williams, who we both been very, very high on. Uh, He would have been one of my sleeper if not, you know, yeah, we love drafting uh, Jamal Williams. Mm -hmm. But I'm not saying don't draft. TJ Hawkinson, I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to kill your team in any way, but you, I just. You just don't think he's worth where he's being picked. I, no, I would, I, there's too many players that, would I, that I would rather have over TJ Hawkinson. So okay. that's a guy that, at least at this point, I have not drafted. And okay. that may change, but at least at this point, I'm not there yet. All right, well, well, champ, what about. Who are you hiding? Sleeper, yeah, okay. The sleeper that I really want to give out, they won't let me give out. Yeah, no, no, y'all blame them. No, yeah. <laughs> y'all blame them. Yeah. Um, 
but as far as uh, sleeper picks, Tim Tebow. Okay. I mean, but, but, but in all honesty, that's not my sleeper pick. But in all honesty, uh, I can see Tim Tebow making a team. And if Tim Tebow has the role that they're alluding to, that Taysom Hill role where he's coming in at the goal line as a quarterback or in short yardage, y'all are going to be – a lot of people are going to, you know, Man. be very upset that they just, like, completely yeah. laughed it off. I'm just saying, you know. We're not going to talk about Tim Tebow. We're if not he, talking if, about okay, Tim Tebow. Okay, well, not this week. Like, if he's on the roster on, in August, you already talked about the Texans. He's going to end up on some of my teams. We're not going to talk okay. about Tebow now. Okay. We ain't going to lose everybody. Okay. Come okay. on. Okay. All right. Uh, so, as far as sleeper picks. Mm-hmm. Man, who did I? Who who's my sleeper? We may need to pause. I mean, I, I may need to think about this again. I forgot, I forgot who I have. No, nah, man, it's in there. There's one person oh, that you told me. Okay, yeah. Okay, so as far as sleeper picks, okay. So as you guys know, and as maybe some of the audience knows, uh, I was in a draft. I think Memorial Day weekend it was the All Star Draft. Yeah, I guess it's been coined the, the All Star. It's been All-Star coined draft. the All Star, yeah, and that's only because there have been a lot of guys who have been very, very successful. In FFPC and other high stakes uh, in this particular sort of kind of you know industry, uh, they've been you know very very successful. Okay, right. so drafting against what we call and what we term sharks, you know guys who are you know looking for fish to eat up basically. So this was a you know you guys want to call it a star studded draft based you know based on who we were kind of drafting against or who I was drafting against, and so it was a tough draft room. You know it was very very tough, but I got to say I was very very happy with my final team okay mm. I, you know when i look at back at my final team i thought i got a lot of value i thought i was able to take advantage of a lot of uh you know uh in a lot of rounds uh and kind of anticipated certain things you know when it kind of came to how early to draft the quarterback but there was one uh there was one specific part of the draft towards the later rounds that I was very, very unhappy with. And that's because I missed out on who is my personal sleeper pick. Uh, and that was Tua. Mm, Tua. Yeah, the Tua, uh, quarterback Tua. from the Miami Dolphins. And that's Dorsey's dude, too. <laughs> yes. The reason that I love Tua is he's, he just fits the mold of that guy who, like, everything kind of comes together. And at the end of the year... You look back and you say, all the signs were there. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I just kind of click the button, the mm-hmm. draft button? Mm-hmm. So I think if you're drafting best balls and you're drafting FFPC, strongly look at Tua. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who likes to draft, you know, two QBs if I'm not getting Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen uh, or Kyler Murray. Everyone else, basically, I want to draft two, two, two QBs, okay? And so... One of the guys that I'm kind of higher on this year is uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, I understand that it may be a run-based offense, but I like the new OC edition. The narrative to me and kind of the way that I'm sort of kind of, you know, perceiving that situation is that Russell Wilson is going to, you know, not necessarily going to be airing it out, but they're going to be throwing a little bit more. They spent, you know, an early draft round pick on a wide receiver. Russell had his whole kind of saga throughout the offseason. They seem to kind of come to grips. And so to me, that tells me, okay, Russell won a, at least a little bit of that value. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Russell, you know, has stretches where he has tough schedules. Mm-hmm. And that's a quarterback that I think is matchup dependent. And mm-hmm. you can go back and look. When he plays in division games, especially late in the season against the Rams and the 49ers, he doesn't, you know, he's not having his upside game in those situations. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to put myself in a situation where I say just start my stud. No, I want to have a backup, okay? Mm-hmm. And to me, two is that guy that I can kind of get early in the season. He can sit on my bench. 
I can see how he does. And if he does well, he's someone that I'm going to feel more than comfortable starting in weeks 16, 17, and 18. Mm-hmm. And so his schedule, I love, but that's even that's like at the you know at the sort of kind of bottom end of at, at why he's my sleeper. What did they What did they do in the offseason? They spent a number one draft pick on a wide receiver. On a wide receiver, yeah. A very good wide receiver at that. They went out in free agency and got Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. Okay? Only signed him to, I think, a one-year deal, but spent about $10 million. $10 million. Yeah. $10 million. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's significant. Which was less than Curtis Samuel, but go ahead. They yeah. have Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. They have Gasicki, and I think they... Either drafted at the they got, they got Preston Williams. They got they Preston got Williams, Williams as like a number four. They backup. got Lynn Bowden. They got Lynn Bowden. And they got, I mean, who are the other backup wide receivers that we like were? I think Albert Wilson's Albert gone. Wilson, yeah, Albert I think he's gone, gone though. Got, I think he's gone now. Um, and even they got like a herd. But, but basically, they are very deep yeah. when it comes to the wide receivers. Oh, 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 and they drafted a tight end too. Hunter, exactly, Hunter exactly. Long. Yeah, I think Michigan yeah. maybe. So, so they yeah. basically told me they went out and got Fuller and, and Jalen Waddle. They told me that they want to open this offense up. Right, right. What do they have in the running game? They have no one that speaks out as a workhorse. No, nobody back. that scares you. Nobody that scares but, but me. But now that you brought that up, y'all should take a look at Malcolm Brown a little bit. But go okay, ahead. that's your yeah. You can you can yeah. drop him as a sleeper just, another day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not so, even gonna go in deep. So, just look at him. So, so they're not gonna be run focused, in my opinion, based off of what they showed us in the uh, off season. They have a very strong wide receiving court. Now, let's get to Tua himself. This is the number one overall draft pick. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, he wasn't. Number two. Was he two? Was he number one? I think he was, I think he was, he was number one. No, Burrow was number one. Oh, that's right. Burrow, Correct. Man. Okay. I think he was number two, though. Number two, number three. He, he, was, he was number four. Okay. Because okay. I remember that. But no, you, I, yeah. but you, you're Chris, the, edit that out you. where I was saying yeah, I got you. number one and number two. Right, right, I'm joking. Yeah. You know, no, you're fine. You're fine. Keep going. No, but seriously, edit that out. <laughs> okay, so regardless, he was in top. He was in the top five. Okay, let's say top five. Okay, yeah. so he's a you know he's a high end draft pick. Okay, right. you know obviously did very well in college. Was coming off a very serious hip injury. Okay, coming into basically a season where he had almost no off season. Right. Due right. to injury, and due COVID, to COVID, yeah. due to a lot of different you know scenarios. Mm-hmm. So this is his second year. I'm going to call it sort of kind of a continuity of the system because, you know, it's sort of kind of an incumbent coming in, kind of a co-offensive uh, coordinator uh, situation. You know, Chant Galen, uh, Chant Galen obviously uh, leaving, but uh, they sort of kind of kept things within house. Uh, but they, we've already kind of heard whispers and rumors of them sort of kind of this being a little open bit more of a, a little bit. Op- yeah, open and more of a creative offense. He can run. He's not a running quarterback, but he can run. There's one game that uh, I went back and watched recently. It was uh, uh, the Miami versus Arizona game. And I think if anyone is sort of kind of on the fence about Tua, I would encourage you, go back and watch that game, okay? Watch how he sort of kind of moved, you know? He didn't look first to run, but it was a secondary reactionary play, and he looked comfortable doing it. Okay, and that's what I'd look to see. Do you look comfortable doing it? He also looked a little bit more comfortable in the pocket. Okay, Mm -hmm. and there were times last year where he really, I think, showed some significant promises. So we're looking at a QB going into a second year, better weapons. Again, second year in the offense. You know, he's not looking at a terrible schedule, high draft capital. You know, what else more do you want for someone who could potentially break out and someone who could run? 
Okay, maybe he's not full Konami code, but he's semi he's semi Konami code. Okay, okay. so two is my guy. Long with an answer, my sleeper. It's funny when you said Tua, the first thing that came to my mind was Russell Wilson. For some reason, Tua gives me all of the Russell I, Wilson I, feels. I, I like that comp. Like, I like, like that like comp. He, he gives me all of the Russell yeah. Wilson feels. But that's the end of the episode this week. This okay. is first and fifteen. My yes. I'm Chris Henderson, the original Chris. A B Dio. That's it for this week. Ah.